Blog Talk Radio. Hello, folks. This is Carl. It is uh, Sunday, the 12th of November, and we are going to uh, do the next 90 minutes a Bible study with Carl on Freedomizer Radio. Actually, I probably should change the name of that. It's our Bible study. I am not the, uh, as Johnny Carson used to say, the all-knowing Karnak, or I haven't written any any books of any fame or whatever. We are gathered here to look at the Word of God and only the Word of God, not the opinion of anybody, including myself, and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to give us the spiritual meaning as well as the uh, interpretation uh, or what we get out of the scripture, what it intellectually means. And we got to go one step further. The Holy Spirit will give each one of us, whomever you are, if you're serious and you're willing to put aside any of the things that you've been told in the past and just use this book, Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.7, I... He said uh, something to the effect, well, I won't even say to the effect. He said, consider what I say, but the Lord give you understanding in all things. That's probably 2 Timothy 1.7 is probably the easiest thing for me to say is just what that says, and the Lord give you understanding in all things, but consider what I say. And that's the theme song I want to use for all of the Bible studies I do each week with everybody. Okay, I'll give you the number to call in on. It is a uh, toll-free line from anywhere in continental United States. Uh, and it's toll-free, whether it's a cell phone or a landline you're calling from. And uh, it's 319-527-6208. And you can call in on that. And... Uh, you can ask questions. You can make comments. Uh, I would like if you do that, uh, if you would uh, keep the comments or the questions uh, to the scripture we're talking about and the topic we're talking about. But that's not a hard and fast rule, okay? It's just that it'd be easier for continuity. For instance, what we're talking about is the cross of Christ which is an inexhaustible topic, inexhaustible. There's no end to it. Uh, And we're just taking a small segment. Back today, we're going to start with Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start with verse, uh, we'll start with verse 8 and then continue. And uh, let's see if there's any other groundwork I need to cover. I don't believe so. I don't have anything coming up in the near future where we're going to be um, canceling any of the programs or anything of that nature. So, okay, we're going to wait for Raven to call, and if she does call, we'll add her to the uh, to the group. Uh, but I, I do, Holy Spirit, want to ask you right now that you give everybody, including me, not only the intellectual understanding of the verses, but give us to each individually, which only you can do, 
what emphasis, what specific meaning, what specific area of our life can these verses we're going to read today help us? So that's the only that's that's why we do this. We don't do this because it's Sunday, and you got to do something on Sunday besides uh, lay on the couch with a whatever you do and watch football or whatever you do. Uh, we do it because this is help. This is not only help, this is our blood spiritually. Without this, folks, we will die without the scripture. Uh, the Holy Spirit, everybody, when I said, folks, we will die, I want you to assist every one of us today uh, listening with the spiritual meaning that we're to apply to our life. And I ask this thing in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. All right. And I'm just going to recap a little. Actually, we read through Romans uh, 8 and 9 last week, but I'll read 8 and 9 again. It says, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And we've talked numerous times. The flesh here uh, is not referring to um, the human appetites or lust or craving or anything of that nature, although those result from it. What the flesh is referring to here is, and what Paul's uh, Romans 6, 7, and 8, unless Paul specifies other words, he's talk, otherwise he's talking about those who have confidence in any way of pleasing God other than faith in Jesus Christ, period. Let me read to you Romans 14, 23. I'm not going to read the whole verse. I'm going to read in 14, 23, the very last phrase. It says it all. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That means all of my good works, all of my holy things, all of my random acts of kindness. If I am substituting anything, And I'm not saying don't do good things, don't do random acts of kindness, but if I am attributing or putting my faith in what I do other than the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for anything, any result to happen, that's where it becomes sin. You can't say whatever is not of faith is sin on everything you do. It's when you substitute When you add to the finished work of Christ because you don't think he's done enough, which let me give you examples. In what I was raised in, you had to be baptized by water. You not only had to do that, you had to, uh, uh, you had to, if you died and had did not die in the state of perfect uh, cleansed state, You had to pay for your sins, and you paid for your sins by going to a place of suffering that you eventually got out of when you paid the bill that was due called purgatory. Or in the Protestant churches where there's people who believe that you must be baptized in water in addition to faith in Christ alone. You see what the flesh is? The flesh is you believing you'll receive anything from God by what you're doing, because Christ has left something undone. Obviously, he's left something undone. Do the random acts of kindness. 
as I always say, help the little old lady from Pasadena across the street. Do anything you want to do. Change her oil, carry her groceries, pay for her trip to a doctor, whatever you want to do. There's nothing wrong with those things. It's just when we start thinking that we are doing what the cross of Christ did not accomplish totally. Remember, the cross of Christ is 100% necessary and 100% sufficient. So the flesh means any religious act. And for some of the religions in this world, folks, that includes mercy killing or killing the great Satan or the small Satan, which is Israel or Christians. Anything. Now, that's obvious. But what about when I believe that I would go to purgatory to purge or I could do things on this earth by suffering to chip away my time in purgatory? Either Christ has done it all, I'm cleansed by the blood, or I'm not. That's what Paul means when he talks about walking in the flesh, in the flesh, the carnal nature, the sin nature. The sin nature's number one activity is religion. Religion is my depending on anything added to Christ and him crucified, period. Anything. Christian, walking in the spirit is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.2. I determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. So we've defined that, the flesh, the spirit, again. I do it every time we talk, but it's so critical. Religion is the biggest enemy biblical Christianity has today. It's a, it's, a, it's a mindset. Do you believe that only through the shed blood of Christ, because of that, only because of that, and the infinite mercy and love God has for us, that we will be saved, or do you believe you've got to do anything? Let's say you believe your faith. Your faith saves you. That's not biblically correct. It's Ephesians 2, 8 says, we are saved by grace, which is total work of God. Total work of God. Grace that we receive from God, the grace of God for salvation, which is Titus 2, 11. The grace of God for salvation appears to every man. That has nothing to do in any way, shape, or form with how my faith, You see where you can even say my faith is necessary. You receive the grace of God for salvation by faith, but you're not saved by your faith. So even if I look at my faith and I say that I'm saved by that in any way, shape, or form, that's religion because it's depending on me. And Paul calls depending on anything other than Christ alone the flesh, the sin nature, the carnal nature. Okay, then we go to verse 9. And all this is talking about the total 100% necessity and uh, 100% uh, sufficiency of the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be on the cross of Christ probably for a year before I exhaust every topic I want to talk about. I'm not going to skip any, shortcut any, because this is too important. This will determine how we fall on our belief in the cross and its total sufficiency and total necessity 
will determine, folks, biblically, whether we end up in the lake of fire or the uh, new heaven and new earth in eternity. And every one of us are going to end up in one of those two places. Verse 9 of Romans 8, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So be the spirit of God dwells in you. Okay? That means that if the spirit of God dwells in you, that you're truly born again, truly, you've done the biblical salvation. You're saved by grace, through faith, not of works of your own, so no one can boast. You're, you're, it, it's the shed blood of Christ alone with nothing else. Now, you receive it by faith. And let's say you've done that. And what is, nece- what is necessary before you can even talk about salvation? And uh, you must repent. You must repent of your sins in order to have salvation. Let me read that to you. I'm going to go to Mark. I'm going to go to Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Because this, again, this is the heresy that our modern church which has made the, I'm going to say the, the, the church today and in the last, all my life, which is 80 years, actually my cognizance of it, 76 years, say, has made us biblically illiterate. Biblically illiterate. Let me read you, because very rarely, folks, do you hear in an evangelistic message It's got to be preempted, preceded. Before you even discuss having your sins forgiven, you must repent. Let me read you Mark 1.15. It says, and Jesus said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. You must do this. You must do it. It must be preceded before any forgiveness of sin, before salvation, before any of these things happen, you must recognize you're a sinner and you must repent. You have no option. So let's say you you are. Let me continue with repentance because it's so important and so left out of evangelistic messages for salvation. The times, listen, Acts 17.30, the times of this ignorance God worked, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to do what? Repent. Repent. I'm going to go to Acts 20.21. We're we're not going to back off of this repentance because this is not, in general, This is the one thing that is ignored in the church today in any evangelistic or salvation message. Acts 20.21, testifying both to the Jews and the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you do not repent, you do not repent truthfully, not just say you're sorry because your skin's going to burn for all eternity or you're going to be in a place of utter darkness, but truly 
And how do you repent? The grace of God leads us to repentance. That's Titus 2.11. The grace of God that leads to salvation has appeared to all men. It's our choice whether we use it or do we want to just accept the fact that we have said a sinner's prayer or we've come up and, 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 and told the congregation our sins uh, or we've been baptized in water. If it's not preceded by sincere repentance, and what does repentance have to be preceded with? It has to be preceded with the fact that you know that you are a sinner and agree. Even the natural world says that you cannot change unless you admit you've got a problem and want to be changed and want to be helped. But I'm going to go here. What will we say first? First uh, Peter three nine. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrawise blessing, knowing that you there are unto the called and you should inherit a blessing. This is Peter's first. First Peter three nine. We are called for what? We are called. All men are called. All men. First John two two, I believe it is. In fact, let me make sure. It says that Christ died for the sins of all men. There's no debating. Oh, I was never called. God did not uh, save me. I was not predestined. All that, folks, is gobbledygook. He is the propitiation, Christ, for our sins, not only for ours, but the sins of the whole world. And Titus 2.11 clearly states that the grace of God for salvation has appeared to every man. Now, faith comes in that by faith you accept this and you trust it, you believe it. But if you believe that you've got to go to purgatory or you've got to be baptized by water, or anything in addition to Jesus Christ and him crucified, anything, or, or subtracted from, you are walking on serious thin ice. All right, let me read more things here. Uh, Acts 5.31. Acts is just replete with repentance, replete. You can't get away from it. Raven, I see your call. I'll be right with you. Just bear with me. Acts 5.31. Him God has exalted with his right hand to be a prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. Repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. Hello, Raven. (laughs) Hey, Carl. Are you there? Okay. I'm I'm here. Okay. So here. we're covering again, and I do this repetitively in probably every study I do in some way, fashion, uh, right. the steps to salvation. And we just read in Romans 8, 9, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be the spirit of God dwells in you. And if any man not, not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And so just reviewed the necessity of repentance and true repentance of sin mm-hmm. yes. preceding anything we talk about your sins forgiven 
uh, and just, okay, so now it says you're not in the flesh but in the spirit if the spirit of God dwells in you. So let's say you are. You're born again. Mm-hmm. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You now have, you now have the option to live by the flesh or live by the spirit. The whole church of Laodicea in Revelation 3, 14 through 17, not every human being in it. There are a remnant in every church, no matter how bad they've been. But the church of Laodicea, which we have been in, in my opinion, for at least 100 years, but that's an opinion. That figure is not delineated in the Bible. The church of Laodicea, well, we're adding all kinds of things, faith in your church, faith in your denomination, faith in what you're doing or don't do. All that, folks, is heresy. You now, as a true believer, have the Holy Spirit in you. It's now your option. You see, that's the thing Paul stresses in Romans 6, 7, and 8. You now have an option, an option on whether you're going to live by the Spirit or by the flesh. And why do I say this is the believers? Because until an unsaved person doesn't have the, who's not born again and doesn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in him, it says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. He hasn't got an option. I don't care if he's a leader of every religion in the world. Okay. So we're just recuperating here or reconsidering. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is not of his. That's a question you got to ask yourself, but not according to what your church, your denomination, or any yahoo like me comes up and says, you go by the Bible. That's why I just gave everybody here, including myself, about seven verses, six or seven verses. We must repent. There is no forgiveness of sin if there is no repentance. And that's Acts 20, 21. And that says repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Raven, uh, after I'm done with that, now do you want to add anything to what I've said at all? And then we'll get on to verse 10. No, mm -mm. I (laughs) agree 100%. There's, There's nothing more to be said. Okay. Okay, well, not as far as I know you agree, but is there anything you want to add to it? All right, yes. let's go ahead and read, uh, let's read Romans 10 and 11. They go right together. All right. Uh, Romans 8, 10, and 11, you mean? 8, 10, right? and 11, yes. Gotcha. All right. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but this is life. Because of righteousness. But if the, the body spirit is of sin, dead because of I'm sorry, I apologize. Go ahead, you're right. Keep going. But but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Okay. Verse 10, if Christ be in you, you're born again. If you're not truly born again, folks, and examine yourself, and you're adding anything to the cross of Christ or subtracting, you need to really pray for the Spirit to tell you if you're born again. Well, how do you know if he will tell you or not? Let me read verse 16 of 8. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit 
that we are the children of God. Okay? Amen. So we don't have to we don't have to write thirty two commentaries at three hundred dollars a piece or whatever a set of commentary. You don't need that. You believe, verse sixteen. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit, we are the children of God. Okay. So if you if Christ be in you, the body is dead. What does that mean? The body is dead. That means any effort that we make on our own in religious things, things that are good, our own works, my own works I should be doing. That should be a natural outflow of my changed attitude because the Holy Spirit dwells in me. But if I'm saying that by what I do, I'm adding to the finished work of Christ on the cross, I'm walking on very, very, very thin ice. So 10, if Christ be in you, the body is dead. The body can't do anything. In fact, let me read you Romans 8, 8, 3. For what the law could not do, meaning me obeying the law, and that it was weak through the flesh, meaning our human body has no ability to please God. It's only Christ living in us and our faith in him. God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh, for for, so that the righteousness of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. You see, folks, where that is showing you that any effort that we put to add to the cross because Christ hasn't done enough, You are gambling. You are gambling horribly. Spirit of life because of righteousness. So if Christ be in you, the body is dead. If you're now giving that dead body any credit after salvation, you now are, are led into some religious talking or some charismatic or some uh, whatever type of thinking or talking. Some preacher is emphasizing what you do. You've got to do this. And I highlighted two things that are predominant today, going to purgatory and being baptized by water. Anything we add to it, you are now in the flesh. And if you're in the flesh, what does it say? Verse 8, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Read that. Don't listen to me. It's not for me to criticize anyone. I got, like that song of the late 50s, Charlie Brown, don't tell me your troubles, I got troubles of my own. You've got to pay attention yeah. to this. If you're in the flesh as a believer, and see, Romans 8, 8 was written to believers. It does no good to tell a person who is not born again, be careful that you don't now walk in the flesh, meaning your good works. Repent of them. Ask God to give you the wisdom to never trust in your good Do your good works, but you don't put any faith in that, which only the cross of Christ can accomplish what we're talking about. The people who run in, into severe trouble like they did in the book of Galatians are those people who are truly born again, who now go back to trying to substitute what they do or add to the finished work of Christ, or subtract from it, you can't do it. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. 
Now, verse 11. And if you have anything, Raven, you want to add after 10? Anything at all? No. Uh-uh. Nope. Okay, verse 11. No, I think you're covering very well. Of, what's that, ma'am? I said it. I, you're you're covering so well, I just have nothing at all to add. Okay, well, if you do after each verse, I want you to even make a note of it after I ramble for a while so you bring it up. If the okay. Spirit, now Paul is saying if the Spirit, those people who are claiming they're born again, ask yourself this question, folks. If the Spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and if you're born again, it does dwell in you. It is almost a rhetorical statement. To those that the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, we're claiming it does. That's who this is written to. He that raised Christ from the dead will also quicken, means give life to your mortal body. It means your physical body. You'll have spiritual life. That's what being born again is in your temple of the Holy Spirit. It's the fact that you now have spiritual life. Before, I don't care if you were the head of every religion in the world, Christian and non-Christian, it would make no difference. If the Spirit of God didn't dwell in you, you are bound unless you repent and believe the gospel. You are headed in the direction of eternal damnation. Your religious works means nothing if your faith is in any way, shape, or form in anybody or anything or anything you've done that you feel is a necessity add to Christ and him crucified. Or like some of our very well-known TV evangelists, maybe the, the first one that I was aware of, who I see as, as preaching heresy, he said, no, Larry, speaking to Larry King, we believe in the blood, but we don't preach it because it gives people a bad self-image. I'm not going to mention the name. If anybody's listened to me in the past, they probably figured it out. And it's irrelevant, the name. It's coming from the pit of hell. That's the relevancy. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, which we're claiming it does if we're Christians, then he that raised up Christ from the dead, which is God, shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. You don't need to add Carl's commentary, especially Carl's, because he doesn't have one. You don't have to give so much money. You don't have to do any good work on your own to add to the finished work of Christ. Now, once the finished work of Christ has been truly accepted, by repentance and believing the gospel, nothing else, what the Bible says, Mark 1.15, repent and believe the gospel, Acts 20.21, repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. Once that's in place, then your body, your physical body will have spiritual life. And that's the only thing that will get you into the gates of heaven. When you go into eternity, Hebrews 9.22 is appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. I don't care what people say we go into a sleep. Paul did use the word sleep, but he also said it is appointed to die and then the judgment. The very next conscious moment after death is going to be the judgment seat. Whether you believe it or not, it's there. 
but the Holy Spirit who dwells in you will give your physical body spiritual life. That's verse 11. But it's your choice. If you're going to do what Paul said in Galatians 3, 1 through 5, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should, after being beginning in the spirit, you're now going back to thinking obeying the law will sanctify you. Are you so foolish? Having heard began in the spirit, you're now going to be perfect by the flesh? O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified, period, before whose eyes Christ has been evidently set forth and crucified among you? Why are you adding to the cross? You see that, folks. Why are you adding to the cross? Galatians 3.1. Have you suffered so many things in vain? Suffered what in vain? If you're born again and truly born again by repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ, you began correctly. And he says in verse 1, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you yet you should not continue? Have you suffered so many things in vain if it be in vain? That means it will do you no good. If you die in the, in the, if you die believing now, you've got to do something to add to the unfinished work of Christ because the work of Christ is finished. Jesus said in John one twenty, no, it wasn't John one twenty nine, but John, maybe it was ten twenty nine. They said it is finished. A trivia question that churches who don't want to preach the Bible but want you to think you know the Bible even though you're sitting under their heretical teaching. What's the shortest verse in the Bible? Oh, no, it's not. It is finished. It's not the shortest. The verse that says he wept. I didn't learn my Bible teaching right. Verse 5, he therefore that ministers to you by the Spirit and works miracles in you, does he do it by your obeying the law or by faith? Ask yourselves that question, folks, because it is a very, very, very strong draw that the powers of darkness and the forces of evil of Ephesians 6.12 draw anybody who is now born again. They draw you into the necessity of adding something you do in order to be born again or to continue in it or to sanctify yourself. But why, is, why, why are you adding all these things to sanctification? Because Acts 26, 18 does. Let me read that. This is, just, this is what Paul wrote the book of Galatians for. I'm going to read you Acts 26, 18, if I'm smart enough to do this. Let's see. I come up with the right verses, but I, am, I don't go in the right direction. That ain't going to work. <laughs> Okay, Acts twenty six eighteen. <clears throat> hmm. I keep repeating the same thing over and over, but never get to it. I'm right there. Do you want me to read it? No. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, why not? Eyes, and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. There you go. So do you see where the idea of that they may receive forgiveness of sins, 
That is only if you repent and believe the gospel. That's only repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. But it goes further. Now to the Galatians. Those who are sanctified by faith in me. Do you see where the enemy comes in and immediately wants you to get back into what? Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. He wants you to start adding good things you do. That's why my little cliche or statement that I heard from Jimmy Swigert years ago, you must repent of your good works. That's for a believer. You've got to repent of it. You've got to not believe that what you do is going to add anything to the finished work of Christ. So it's not only for salvation, folks. In fact, I would say it becomes more critical in living your life and letting the Holy Spirit daily sanctify you. And Romans 8.29, read that, Raven. That's the definition of sanctification. All right. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Nothing added to sanctification, silver-tongued, biblically illiterate ministries of today, the ones that are, not saying they all are, that's stupid, but there are many of them. You're predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. All never make that, you're right, not on this earth. But if you are not continuing in your faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified, plus nothing, minus nothing, if you're adding anything to the finished work of Christ on the cross to sanctify you or to move you along further in the process, however you want to phrase it, if you are doing that, you are in danger of Galatians chapter 3, 1 through 5. You're in danger of walking away from your faith. And read Galatians chapter 3, 1 through 5, and read chapter 5. He specifically says, if you're going to now add baptism or circumcision or any good work to the finished work of Christ, you could, you're in danger of losing it all. That's Galatians 5, 2 and 5, 4. I'm not making this stuff up because I want to be a prophet of doom. Remember, if anybody has that idea and that I'm too uh, whatever to, I have to live by these very same things, folks. The battle rages in us. I want you to read Galatians 5.17. The moment you're born again, you were born in the sin nature, the flesh. You were born with nothing but the flesh to live for God which is everything you do, not what Christ did on the cross. Now, all of a sudden, you're born again by truly repenting of your sin and having faith in Christ for salvation. Now, you have something you've never had before. You've still got that sin nature in you, but now you have the Holy Spirit nature in you, and this is a spiritual war. This is the spiritual warfare we talk about. It happens the moment you're truly born again. Go ahead, Raven. Galatians five seventeen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For the flesh, lust against the spirit, 
Excuse me. I can't hear you. Hold on. I, I had my thing up. Can you hear me okay. now? Okay, no problem. Okay. Yeah, perfect. <clears throat> For the flesh, the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So see, that's a battle, folks. It sets up the moment you're born again. Before you were born again, you thought whatever you thought. I thought that I could earn my salvation. I was in a religion, and I don't care what people say about the way they've been raised. The religion I was raised in, it was 100% works. And that's natural. Who do you think gives us the desire that our works are necessary in addition to Christ and him crucified? It's Satan. You're in a spiritual war. And this battle you've never experienced before. This is why discipleship is so important. So important. If we do, by false preaching and teaching of seeker-sensitive slash prosperity gospel preachers that do not want to use the blood of Christ or that you need to repent from sin as one of probably the number one name in TV evangelism told Larry King, and I heard it with my own ears. Larry, we believe in it, but we don't want to give people a bad self-image. We don't want to ruin their self-esteem. If you're listening to that stuff, folks, stop and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you back to faith in Christ alone. That's what the cross is about. It's faith in him alone. It has nothing to do with a wooden beam or you've got a, a relic of somebody who died back in Christ's days. And No, all that stuff is irrelevant. It's heresy. The cross means what Christ did on the cross is the only thing 100% necessary and 100% sufficient is what? It's his death on the cross to save your soul. Don't allow yourself to get waylaid by anything else. Now, as a result of that, you will do the good works. The good works are to be done. You're to obey the law, but not in your religious strength or your commitment or your willpower. Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. That means the bodies we're in now by his spirit that dwells in you, not by your obeying Pastor Carl. You want to obey God, you go right to God. And if Pastor Carl is not telling you, and I'm not a pastor, but if the pastor or teacher you listen to is not 100% in sync with the scripture, then get away from him. You compare everything I say to what the Bible's saying. And again, if you see anything where you're convinced I'm departing from what the Bible's saying, not what your church teaches, your denomination teaches with everything, including spiritual gifts, which is almost a total wipeout, what we hear or don't hear. I want to only know the things that, I, that if I may say something that is unbiblical, you've got to let me know. But if it's not, then if it is, then you've got to let me know. And if I don't change my stance, you can't listen to me anymore. 
Even David Jeremiah, of all the people who criticizes nothing that I've ever heard in people, the only thing I've ever heard him criticize, and somewhat comical, is he criticized the horrible weather in the area from Chicago to, to, to Cleveland, Ohio, in the wintertime. He said recently on CSN, Christian Satellite Network, what, I'm going to say two, two and a half weeks ago, he said the one thing, he reads everything there is about church growth from Christian authors. He said the one thing they all leave out is repentance. Isn't that amazing? They don't want you to have a bad self-image. Get away from that, folks. How can anybody listen to just the verses I gave today about repentance, necessity for salvation, repentance? Well, I'm a good person. No, you're not. Jesus Christ says there's only one good, and that's God. Folks, get away from this this magnetic attraction to hell that we have on what people say. Go to the scripture. If you're, when you're going to die, and they say, if you're going to die, you're going to die. Go down with the scripture and your belief in that. People that say, and this is another modern cliche, well, doctrine, we don't need any more doctrine. A very famous, very famous evangelist from the 90s on. Books were in grocery stores, department stores, everything made this statement, the Bible is not relevant today and today not relative, relevant to the Bible. And this is a PhD from a Christian seminary. This is not whatever. I won't mention false religions. I'm not here to criticize Don't add anything to the Holy Spirit by your faith in Christ plus nothing and your faith in Christ dying on the cross specifically. When I say my faith is in Christ, that's a very wide open field specifically. I trust in nothing but him and him crucified, not only to save me, but to sanctify me. This is just as important, folks. You see why this is written to the church? It's written to those who are already believers. Do you want to add anything? If not, we'll go to 12 and 13. Um, actually, yes. There were, two things that you, there were two things that you mentioned. The first one was us being in the, um, if we're in the flesh, we're not his. Well, uh, that's but if Romans we're in the flesh. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, hold on. Well, and, nope, and eight, nope, nope, eight nope. nine. Yeah. Right. 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 Yep. You're right. right. Nine. Nine specifically. Yep. Right. Yeah. You're right. But if Christ, but if Christ is in us, the body is dead because of sin. Okay. But the spirit of life, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Well, if we have yes. the Holy Spirit in us, right, yes. we belong to Him. We belong to him, and that means we have no right to our own self. We have no right to our own self anymore. I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Yep. Well, what I mean is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Are you there? 
I've yeah, lost here. Can you hear on. me? Yeah, I hear you, but it's not your problem. I think right there was uh, the connection of the mouth, you know, the earpiece. To... In fact, I'm going to try something, Raven. Let me do this. Okay. I am going to... Okay. Can you hear me over the radio right now? Over... Yeah, I hear you through. Yes, uh-huh. I don't hear. I don't you have hear any problem hearing you. Okay, what I've yeah. done is I've taken mouth there's uh, ear pads or whatever you the things you put in your ear. I've taken yeah. them off because I think I've used this long enough that there's a uh, a weak connection electrically, oh. and that's why I keep fading out. But I'm going to go ahead. Okay. If you hear if you hear now that I, my voice starts fading out, let me know. I will. I, I'm sick and tired of this thing. It's just, as you know, when we've had our own Bible studies, I break up and all that. I think that's the uh, thing is worn out. But go ahead. Okay. I going. hear you quite. I hear you quite well. All right. Good. So this this is first First Corinthians six nineteen and twenty. Hold or on. Do let me you not? Know. Yes. Yes. Let me, bear with me. No. No problem. Okay. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a you were bought at a price. Vibrator. Yep. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay. Everywhere we go, we take the Holy Spirit with us. In everything we do, the Holy Spirit is with us. Therefore, Good explanation. Therefore, if we are getting drunk, if we are participating in sexual immorality, if we are lying, if we're even participating in sin just in our mind, the whole we are the Holy Spirit is essentially taking partaking of it with us. So what happens is when we begin to, to 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 continue in that and we don't repent, the Holy Spirit begins to say, "I I, I can't I can't dwell in this body. I can't dwell in this spirit." Because remember what Carl said a little bit ago, quoted right from Scripture, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And the Holy Spirit begins to say, ugh, basically. (laughs) I think that's my human expression of it. But he begins to be disgusted by the the body and the Holy Spirit, or, or the body and the spirit that he is, is is now uh, having a part of, and and so then you know God is going to say, wait a minute, because God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, and so he, he's going to have a problem w- with that because we are to be separated. We are to be holy. We are to be set apart. That's what holy means. We're to be set apart. And the reason we're to be holy, set apart, is because 
God cannot participate in sin. Now, let me stop right there. Go to Galatians 5, 2, and 4. Go to Galatians 5, 2, and 4, because I think you're... You're, I think you're just saying it another way. Do you get the same thing out of that that you just said? Absolutely. Uh, that, that's what no. it leads to. Yes. Okay. That's what this okay. leads to. If 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 we if we begin to stay in that mess. Ah, there. Oh, is, stop. Stay there. Stay there. Yes. Yes. Yes, because the Holy Spirit is going to say. Uh, my words, <laughs> and he's gonna he's gonna con- convict us. As in, let let me let me get there real quick. He's gonna go to Hebrews twelve seven. Go there, Hold and he's gonna. Hold yeah. Hold on, let me get there. Don't read it yet. Yep. I like your I like your getting your your presumptions from scripture. Go ahead. Absolutely. He's going to go to Hebrews twelve seven. In fact, let me start in 5. And, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as the sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. See, he's going to rebuke you. He's, he's going to chasten you when you are in this, ugh, this mess and, and you're dragging the Holy Spirit along with you. Good. He's going to rebuke Good. and chasten you. He has for whom the ho- he can't coexist yes. with, with sin. Yes. Yep. For whom the Lord loves, see, he loves you. He doesn't want you to walk away from him. He wants you to stay with him. But, but he can't coexist, to use a, a little bit of a new agey term, but it's true. He cannot coexist with sin. So when we continue in that, he's going to chasten, he's going to rebuke you because he loves you. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, if you, if you feel that and say, okay, instead of walking away from his chastening, if you say, yes, Lord, I understand, and you repent, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without, verse 8, if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. So if he's not chastening you at all, if he never chastens you, you don't belong to him. And if he stops chastening you, if he's not chasing you, if he used to, but he's not now, you got a maybe problem. it's because you finally walked away from him. Or because, where's that verse, Carl, that he has said Hebrews he's given 3, you up. Hebrews 3.12. 3, Thank you. I knew you would, I just knew I you think, would have this when we talked. We talked about I it recently. Think that's, I no, think you're going. No, there. that's that's not it. The one where he has given you up for the... For the uh, oh, uh, for the destruction uh, of the flesh. Destruction of the flesh. Yes. Uh, He's given you up to, to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Yes. Yes. Because he loves you. Okay. Uh, oh, where is that? Uh, you know, in all honesty, just keep going. I'm gonna, I'm going to find it. So, so that's it. 
if he will, he will give you that, that final option. He's going to say, okay, listen, I've chastened you. I've rebuked you. I've scourged you. All of these in Hebrews 12, uh, 5 through 7. I have tried all of these things, and you're not listening. And my Holy Spirit is, is, is sick of you. So I'm going to give you over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Now, that, that does not to, mean. Yes, go ahead. First Corinthians 5, 5. Thank that you. does not mean we're right. going to hell. It means we That's right. You explain. You're right on. Yeah. Go ahead. So, yep, 1 Corinthians 5, 5. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. See, he hasn't yet uh, let go of you. See, he doesn't let go nope. of you. We let go of him. We let go of him. He's giving you this final option. He's saying, okay. I'm going to allow Satan to really mess you up, just like he did with Job. Just like he did with Job. See, Job, if, if you really read Job, everybody thinks, oh, Job had such patience. No, he didn't. God knew that Job was depending on his own good works, just like Carl's been talking about. He was self-righteous. And if, if I, I did a study, a study on this, uh, I don't remember if it was on yours, Carl, or on my own, but it was a couple no, of years back. No, it was on your own, but you did, you did a very lengthy, much, very lengthy. I did. I did. And, and, and if you're interested in it, you can go back and you can listen to this. Um, it, it's still on there. You'd have to search it, it's, but it is. It I'm going to say that it's Joe. I'm going to guess it was maybe – a year and a half to two years ago. I, I think you're right. And, and yeah. so what happened was uh, God allowed Satan to sift him like wheat. He, he really did. And, and, and then these, these friends came in and said, oh, you know, maybe it's just because, you know, you're, you're not doing enough good stuff. And then finally this other man came along and he said, the problem, Job, is you. Now, I am giving you the Reader's Digest condensed, condensed version here. Yes. No, but, but, what happened, yep, but what happened was finally in the very last chapter, Job says, I repent. I repent. And that's what had to happen. And this is what has to happen with us. If we are just saying, I, I don't care, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, I'm not turning away from it, and, and, and maybe we have a little bit of I care, but we're still going to do what we're going to do. We're not going to repent. We're not going to walk away. We're going to do our things our way, and here's the thing. Even if we're not in the kind of sin we think is sin, okay, it, it may be that, that we're not doing um, – you know, we're not robbing, we're not stealing, we're not uh, in sexual immorality, we're not in all these things. But what we are in is doing things our own way. And in Galatians 5, verse 20, here's what it says. Selfish ambitions. That means 
we're doing what we want to do for our own purposes instead of following after God. They're selfish ambitions. It's about us, not about God. So, so he's going to give us up to, the, to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. So that doesn't mean he's giving us up to possession, but we will be definitely given up to complete oppression. He's going to be able to do everything but kill us, just like God allowed. Yes? Raven, that is a distinction I'd like you to elaborate on eventually here. That is very, very necessary. Oppression cannot... Oppression happens to believers. Possession happens to unbelievers. Right. And we haven't yet gotten to the point quite yet where we've walked away from God. But he's going to do just like he allowed with Job. People say, well, why why would God let these things all happen? Because of this right here. So he's given us up to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Didn't he, didn't he do this, that? He destroyed Job's flesh. I mean, completely. He was a mess. But what he didn't do is let him kill him. Because look what it says, that his spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. He just destroyed him completely. But he didn't kill him. He didn't I got a kill question. Yeah. When you're saying his flesh from his own self-righteousness, self-righteousness. Yes. Okay. That's critical because the modern church, Raven, and I know people get sick to their stomach when I say modern church. But I'm telling you, whatever you want to phrase it, they are telling us that we have got to buckle down on our own. We can't. That's like telling dead bones they got to get up and walk. Yes, and dead bones okay, can get. Oh, thank if you. If you got any, if you got any more, thank you, you Carl. Want to add to that, go ahead. For what? Yes. See, dead bones can get up and walk when after repentance. Right. Those dead right. bones. But not when they're yes, when they, they're dead. They can't. Right. When but they they, they can be spirit. revived. Amen. They can be Amen. revived. But only after yes. repentance. Yeah. Amen. And basically, so what happens is those dead bones come to life through Christ. So, so That's he's right. giving us up to, yes. So he's giving us but up Raven, to the again, destruction of the flesh. Another yes. question, another question. What yes. you're cautioning people who are alive, the bones are alive, you're cautioning them. Don't now add something to Christ and the Holy Spirit because you could then have the bones dead again. Yes, that's right. Okay. But, but that here, is the whole point but, of the Lord. yes. And, and so he's saying here, watch out because he's going to give you this last, this last chance here and say, I'm giving you up to Satan to basically sift you like wheat, to do what to do what he wants Amen. to do with you within my Amen. parameters. Remember, just like in Job, you know, God gave Satan parameters. He said, this is all you're allowed to do. This is all you're allowed to do. 
And then at some point, though, if we say, don't care, not repenting, what that really means is I am refusing to follow God, and, and, and you're just going to eventually just walk the way of Satan. You're going to keep walking further and further away until you say, I'm done. I'm Read done. He, I just he, don't believe. Read Hebrews 3.12, please, because I know there's people saying right now that can't happen. I know there are. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, and, and I'm going to read uh, 3.8 first because it goes with it. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial, in the wilderness. And then 3.12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. How, how, okay, explain that. How how can well, people say that we can't do it? You can't de- yeah. you can't depart from something you were never part of. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. And he repeats that if we go down to verse fifteen. He's well. Let's let's start in fourteen. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And, and we go back to what it said in verse 8 where I said, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. He repeats that in verse 15. He says, while it is said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? You came out of Egypt. You came out of Egypt at some point. Do not go back. Do not go back. Because in verse 19 he says, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. What couldn't they enter into? They couldn't enter into his rest. Verse 11 of the same chapter. Verse 11 of the cha- same chapter, 3:11. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Why? Well, because they hardened their hearts. So they you're saying this hearts. has eternal, you're saying this has eternal consequences. Yes, because what happens is what happens is when when Satan comes at you and this is what Job had a decision to make. When, when he allows Satan then to say, okay, here's the final, your final chance. I'm going to give you over to the Satan for the destruction of your flesh. How do you react? Do you call out to God and say, I repent? Or do you say, or do you shake your fist at God and say, I'm angry with you. How dare you do this to me? And then when Ooh. Satan says, when Satan says, uh-huh, see, did to you, see what he did to you? So then you say, that's mm-hmm. right. That horrible God, look what he did to me. I, don't, I no longer believe in him. Because, and, and what really happens is, 
here, see, here's what's really happened. So if you used to believe in God and you're like just listening because you're like, I, I don't even know what to do anymore. And, and you're at that, you're at that point. You're at that point where you're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really mad. See, you're never going to really stop believing in God himself. You will always believe in God. But what you will stop doing is having faith in him because you're angry with him. You will always know that he exists. So that, that lie of Satan, yeah. God, Satan's going to put that lie in your head that you no longer believe. But you know he exists. You know because everyone knows he exists. But you're so angry with him, you're so angry with him that you decide to walk away from your belief in Christ as your Savior and your Lord. You will, you don't, you're going to be just like Satan. You're going to say, I can do this myself. I don't need you. Just like Satan did. You are going to be a Satanist. You are going to be just like Satan who fell. You are going to fall from grace. Galatians 5, 5. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law. And by law means anything you do on your own. You have fallen from grace. And that's what you will do. Very good. Uh, incidentally, and I'm not just saying it, you 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 handled that well. Bringing Job in, that's what we ought to get out of Job. We're, every one of us have Job in us who are born again. That's right. And let me just say, Carl and I did not discuss this at all. Beforehand, I had no idea exactly where we were going to go. This is this is all God. This is, you know, it's all God. This is. We don't practice this beforehand. We don't talk about what we're going to talk about. This is God giving us this, because. Nope, you're 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 giving, you're giving very good explanations. Go to. Go back to Romans eight twelve and tell me your reading on that one. What do you see in there? Well, uh, actually, I'm seeing I'm seeing just what you're saying there. You're not obligated yeah. to go back and obey man's laws. Right, exactly. And I had I had a I had a reference to that one as well. Hold on, let me find it. First Corinthians. This is all in also in Corinthians. First Corinth, I wrote it down. First Corinthians. Oh, haha! It was it. Wait a minute. Galatians. Is this the one? Hold on, because I had a, I had a, I had a reference. Now maybe I've lost it, but I think I have it. Hold on. Well, it tells us not to go back to the, you know. Oh. Eat this or what day you worship or any of that stuff. Yes. Yes, well, and you had mentioned for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh. Okay, and these, yep. right, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the, oh, when you, when you read this one, it just really hit me, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, now, here's the thing. We have often read this as, 
so that you do not do the things that you wish, meaning what we really want to do is to follow the Spirit. That's not true. That's not true. This is how we're taught, so that you don't do the things that you wish, because you really want to follow God. No, we don't. In our flesh, we we don't want to follow God. What this really means is, what this really means is, the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit lusts against the flesh, and they're contrary to each other, so that we don't do the things that we want to do. What that, and if we look at verse 19, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill, because see, verse 17 explains 16, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is the things that we wish, that we wish. If we walk in the spirit, we will not do the things that we wish. We have to walk in the spirit. That is what's contrary to our flesh. Amen. Walking walking in the spirit is totally contrary to our flesh. We don't want to walk in the spirit. Our flesh doesn't want that. See? And so the, the 18, So verse 18 says, but if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Stop paying attention to what you want to do. We have to say, we have to ignore what we want to do and, and walk by the spirit. Because he's the only one that can keep us from doing the things that we wish. Every time we try to do the things that we wish, every time that we try to, what that's doing is, it is fulfilling the lust of the flesh. We must give ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we are going to continue to do the things that we wish, which is fulfilling the lust of the Read read Romans eight thirteen. It says exactly what you just said. Exactly. Romans eight thirteen. See, we misread some of these. Yeah, we misread some of these. We think that the things that we wish are the the things of the are the things of the spirit. No, they're not. The things that we wish are the things of the flesh. Romans eight thirteen. Yes. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put it, hold on. Yes, that means my religious good works. Yes, anything that I'm trusting in my ability to add to Christ's finished work is the flesh, and what it says, you will die. That means spiritually, not physically. We're all going to die physically. Yes, we must put to death the flesh every single day. Every day. How do we do that? By taking up our cross and following him. Read the rest of 13. Yes. But if by the spirit, yeah, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The only way to do it is by the spirit. You cannot do it on your own. Amen. You must. Allow the Holy Spirit to do it in you. And how do you do that? Ask God. Ask God to do it in you. 
You can't sit Amen. there and all day long, all day long go, okay, I, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to let God do it. No, you don't let him do it. You don't let him do it. You ask him to do it in you every day. God, I can't do it. Please do this in me. Please just do this in me because I know I can't. I know I can't. I know I'm incapable. I know I am nothing without you. I am absolutely nothing. Please just take it over. I give it to you. Just do it in me and then let it go to him. I have nothing to add to what you're saying. Read That's 14. All I have. That's all I... Okay. Read, read 14. 14 is scary. Yes. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And that really... Think of that, though, Raven. That means that if you go into Galatians 3, 1 through 5, and you're led totally by the flesh, you're part of Hebrews 3, 12. You're no longer... You're no longer a son of God because you departed through unbelief. And that is the, is the finality of what happens after he gives you up to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. You have this final decision. Are you going to be led by the Spirit of God or are you not? Because if you aren't, you will no longer be the Son of God. That's what it's saying. The raven... There are major denominations that wouldn't even want it, would, would ask the security guards in church to come and get you and escort you to your car. That's right. And I'm not exag- I'm not exaggerating on that one. Oh, I know. We know of a church where that literally happened. Well, I know, we know a person. It. I know That's someone right. on security was told to do that if they disagreed with anything. Absolutely. But it's a, That's how we know them. And, oh, uh, yep. That's how we now, know that's true. I want you to read 12 and 15 together. Read 12 right. again and then 15. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of bondage. Look at that. I have fear in my life about certain things. That's where it comes from. Yes, I do We're talking moral, baby. Yes. We did not receive the spirit of bondage. Oh, man, This, this hurts my heart, Carl, reading this. Well, no, it, it does, but it's carving the the poison and the pus out of it. Me too, yeah, right? You're right. You're not. You're yeah. not alone. You did not receive the bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. I have to. I have to write now, that read, verse down right now, right this moment. Read six. With that. Yes. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 
if you I believe no. that if you if you really ask the spirit to work that verse in you, you he will dissipate the fear. He I will believe do. you're right. Not your not your logic. Yes. Not your reason. He will do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that mine. Good. Yes. And the reason you can make it yours is verse sixteen. Yes. Yes. Now seventeen gets back to the purpose of Hebrews of Hebrews chapter twelve, which you spent a long time on, and that's being chastened and chastised. Read seventeen. Yes. Oh, in Romans, yes. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if If. indeed we, yes, If. if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And you're right, Carl, that goes right along with Hebrews 12. Yes, we have to suffer along. But that's yeah. that's exactly what you were saying there when you said that it cuts you to the heart or whatever phrase you use. It is yeah. you are suffering. Yes. Yeah. Tell you something. I'm not going to start the next topic because it's it's mm-hmm. it's getting into an it's another topic on Hebrews eight. But I want. Do you want to add it? Just look at these. Do you have any other comments that could help people? Do you have any experiences that could you could quickly show people where you've been and where God's showing you? And I I think I know that you are right now. You are yeah. now dealing with someone who is getting you, I don't know how to say it, but to show you that you're further. He's, the, fear, the, the fear you've got. God is saying, I can take that away from you. Yes. Because what happens is, what happens is it holds us back. It sort of stagnates us, Ah, if you will. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Because I have, I, I mean, we all, let's face it, every single one of us has some baggage, right? We all have baggage. And, 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 and we, we have to decide at some point how much of that baggage we're going to continue to take with us. And, you know, and, and after we become, uh, after we're saved, you know, some of it gets dropped off immediately. Some of it is just gone. We all know that. But as we continue in our Christian life, God will say, okay, I want you to drop that suitcase. It's time. It's time to drop that suitcase. And, and he will, and, and so our response needs to be, okay, Lord, that's fine. And sometimes it just happens immediately. But sometimes we have to say, he gives us this option. See, the flesh or the spirit, the flesh or the spirit, am I going to try to do it on my own? Or am I going to say, okay, Lord, you do you do it in me. You do it because I know I can't. I don't have the capability. And so sometimes we'll fight over that. Just 
just like in Galatians. The flesh struggles against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. See, he, he lets us go through those things so that we can understand it's not us, it's him. It's not us, it's him. Over and over again, we go through this because we need that constant reminder in our lives that it's not us, it's him. It's not us, it's him. We always need that reminder. We always need to be in Hebrews 12. We always need to be in James 1, 2 through 4, reminded over and over again that it is not us, it's him. And and I'm going to read that real quick. James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And perfect means mature in Christ. So he's maturing you in Christ. He's bringing you closer and closer to him. He's allowing you to walk in the spirit more and more daily. So, now, let's go back to me a little bit so I can you explain said, what, uh, you said, what's that? Hold on. You said, something, you said something I didn't like hearing. I'm not saying okay. I disagree. We, we oh, need Hebrews okay. 12. You said yes. we need it. Yes. Well, I, I don't we like hearing it. it, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't like it either. I don't like it at all. I hate it. But we must get, we must get, and and I am there. uh, Let me say, I'm not always there at the beginning of when I go through it, but he lets me see it while I'm in it, usually. Sometimes I don't see it till afterwards, but usually when I'm in the middle of it, usually when I'm in the middle of it, he'll let me see it, and that's that James 1, 2 to 4. Count it all joy yep. when, you're, when you fall into those trials because he is teaching you something. Teaching do you, you really something. get joy out of that? Do you really get joy out of it? Yeah, I really do. I really do. Okay. And I okay. thank him for um, it. Okay. Yeah. I thank him. I actually thank him for it. And sometimes I thank him for it before I have the joy. Okay. Okay. And thanking him for it gives me the joy. Could precipitate the joy. Yes. The thankfulness will often bring me the joy. Let me repeat that. The thankfulness will often give me the joy. Okay. Because what happens is I. Paul says, all be thankful in everything. I have a feeling you're on it right now, what he means. Yes, yeah, because what happens is I see that what he's doing, I go back to that James 1, 2 to 4, when I'm in the middle of it, and I get this reminder, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing, and I say, yes, I do, I see it. And then I thank him for it. And then I have joy because, because what happens is I acknowledge that what is he is doing is for my good. I may not see it right now. I may not see the final result. I may not even know why I'm going through it yet. But I know that it's for my good and his glory. 
And that is all that matters. And so I get joy out of knowing that he is doing this for my good and his glory. I may not be getting joy from the situation that I'm in. See, you don't have to like it. You don't have to like it, what you're in right now. But what you have to be thankful for is that what's happening is going to turn out for your good and his glory. The Mm -hmm. joy is. Not what you're going through. I'm in pain every single day. Every single day. Raven, Raven, I hate to do this, dear, but we're less than a minute away. I'm going to have to sign off. But we'll start next week with uh, verse 17, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, Well, You don't take joy in the pain. I just want to say, don't take joy in the pain. Take joy in him. Good point. Good point. Yeah, we're we're going to start next week. Uh, I know I'm, I'm over my time, and I apologize to the next person. Romans eight eighteen. Hey, Rob, I thank you for joining. I'm going to get off. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.